What if you fully invested in God the way he's invested in you? Mm -hmm. And you begin to study his word, hear his word, believe his word, and allow him to, 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 to speak his word through you to those who you encounter. This is Austin Person. So welcome to Be For Real, where you can always find candid and productive conversation about life. But we're talking from the Christian perspective. We all know life can be weird sometimes and you just need somebody to sit you down and be real with you. But um, yeah, that's, where he, that's what we're here for. And so just get comfortable as we get real. So again, we have a very special guest. Yes. And so yeah, Austin. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get into that, so yeah. we're gonna do scripture of the day, yeah. but just know that getting a lot of stuff right now. But so. Yeah, just know that <laughs> momentum is building up, and that you should like stay and listen and get your good seat. You know, if you're driving, turn your radio up, whatever you need to do. Take off your shoes, right, right. take off your wig, right, right, <laughs> <laughs> right. Tighten your wig, cap on. Do what you need to, because we're about to talk for real. Okay. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, we're starting with our scripture of the day. Uh, scripture of the day is Second Corinthians. 5 and 17 and it says therefore if anyone is in christ the new creation has come the old has gone and the new is here so that's our scripture today you want to say how you feel about that one or not um it's one of the coolest parts about stepping into faith and getting to know jesus really is mm -hmm. the fact that um your past who you were who your parents were none of that has anything to do with who you're about to be yeah. and so it's all about um Kind of what we talked about actually in the last episode is the fact that just because he died means that you're brand new. Like you get yeah. to start fresh. So regardless of what you're struggling with right now, who your parents were, the things that you just feel like you can't step over. Um, when you step into Christ, you step in brand new. So that's Definitely just good. what we talked about last time. Really? We're talking about his his covenant and yeah. his blood. And when he shed that blood, we were made anew. Right. And, you know, dying daily in the flesh is important. Yeah. Making sure that you repent. But. Every time you repent, he forgives you because he loves you so much. Yeah. And so uh, we're grateful for the Father. But let's get into who we have today. Yep. We have uh, Bishop, Pastor, Reverend, <laughs> Dr. Jonathan Lowe today. Yes, sir. Yes. Sir. This guy is uh, very important to me in my walk with God, in my walk as a man on earth. Um, he is a father he is a husband he's a father of two daughters and um a wonderful lady in her own right and uh lady jazz low um i just there's not a lot i can say i mean there's too much i can say about this guy uh <laughs> yeah. um he is a current teacher at duncanville high school um he is also a interim pastor at unity christian center international um he is a mentor to many. Uh, I met him through Young Men's Leadership Academy, which he was there for three or four years, three years. Mm -hmm. And um, he helped me get my scholarship. And we're right now at TCU. And he was a big part of me getting to this point that I am in my life. So uh, I always met a lot. And I'm very grateful that he's here today. Do you have anything to say, Pastor Lowe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got plenty to say. <laughs> no, oh, no man, I am. Oh, uh, man, listen, I'm honored, bro. 
I'm honored. I'm honored. This is a blessing. Um, be with AP and, and Miss Anaya. I said that correct, right? Anaya. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know you know you guys spell your names different. Um, <laughs> our names were simple, John. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> but no, I'm honored, man. And I am a fan. I listen in. Young people doing what you do um, for the culture, right? For the culture <laughs> and incorporating or incorporating the kingdom as the culture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. A lot of people like to put kingdom apart from culture, but when kingdom is cultural, like nothing but good can happen. So yeah, I'm ready to, ready to get into this thing. Let's dive in a little bit. Let's talk. Tell us up. Okay. So first question up is um, we just want to get to tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are. Like what's your story in regards to um, your relationship with God and Ooh. how you've grown or wow. that Where did you come from? Your yeah. foundation and all that. <laughs> look, look, I am um, originally from Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm a Louisiana boy through and through. Who that nation all day. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Let's go ahead and <laughs> yeah, call the New Orleans Saints. You know, uh, Saints. Anyway, yeah. uh, uh, okay. I tell people, <laughs> tell people here in Texas. You know, yeah, you know, y'all yeah, like yeah. to brag about Dallas Cowboys being Texas. You know, All America's right. team. All right, but obviously we're God's team. But uh, anyway, but, but no, 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 no. Y'all, Louisiana, half y'all state like the Cowboys. That's they fault they going. They sinning like that. And they sinning. Yeah, that's a sin. No, that's right. for the Lord. No, let's stay on one accord. <laughs> no, but no, man. Born and raised in Louisiana, I love where I'm from. I love my family, my people. Uh, I was just telling you, just an island. I spent a lot of summers uh, in Dallas, and so like when I went to college at Alcorn, we had some players who actually played at Carter High School, and I would tell mm -hmm. them, and I was at the Carter Kimball game. I was at Cedar Hill DeSoto. <laughs> um, I know a lot about Dallas yeah. um, just from the summers that I spent uh, here. I'm talking about old school Dallas with the Texas Giant over at Six Flags. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm talking about old school yeah. Dallas. Yeah. I'm talking about going to the State Fair oh, yeah. and, and, oh, yeah. and they shooting like oh, yeah. it's a given. Every year they go shoot at the fair. Yes, sir. So you just duck. <laughs> yes, sir. Once they get done, Mind your keep it moving. Go get your food. Mind your business. Go get your food. Right. Oh, that's what it is, man. I, I grew up in, in one of the strongest um, churches, I believe, in the South, under one of the last, uh, which called Freedom Writers, Dr. Harry Blake. He's a he's a huge impact in my life. He was a man of Omega Psi Five, much like myself. Um, and he um, he <clears throat> showed me and taught me that that you're supposed to um, you're supposed to receive God, but then allow God to receive you. Yeah. Because um, you know, a lot of times we like to receive Christ. But then we don't allow Christ to receive us. Yeah. And so he has to take us and take from us and do all of this forcefully. And if we just gave it over to him, we wouldn't have to do that. And, um, man, I was baptized. You know, I was a church boy, man. Yeah. Baptized yeah. at five, anointed at 12. <laughs> but it wasn't until I went to Missouri, when I moved mm -hmm. to Columbia, Missouri, with my wife um, and connected with Bishop Lester Woods, who was also from Louisiana, but he was. He's uh, has a ministry and he's ministering in urban empowerment in Columbia, Missouri. And Bishop Woods is uh, went to Grambling, mm -hmm. and he is the like probably currently um, the most influential pastor. Him and Greg Shine, influential pastors in my life, man. Um, I got so many pastors that I respond <laughs> responsible to. Derek, Doctor Eric Brown, and Greg Shine, Chris Walls, like all of those men are mm -hmm. shaping me. 
Um, but it wasn't until I got up there where I, I really like knew Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like how I, I was baptized at five yeah. and I was in church, but the spirit wasn't in me. Yeah. Can you talk about like the difference? That's so real. <laughs> yeah, like um talking about can you talk a little bit about the difference between like knowing of God and starting your walk with God? Because like especially in Texas, we and especially in Dallas where we have mega uh, churches on every right, street. Right, right. Yeah, um, there's a lot of us that grew up in church, but um, didn't never really were introduced to who Jesus is and yeah. like what it really looks like to turn your life around and commit to that and it yeah. not be weird or lame. If that yeah. yeah, Paul. Um, Paul said it like this, uh, and I'm gonna start it like this. Paul said it like this. He said he was talking to Apollos, and Apollos had preached a great message. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Paul approached Apollos in, in Acts, I want to say chapter 19 or so, and he said, uh, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Mm-hmm. And it's one thing to believe in something, in an entity, right? But what is really belief? Is it I know that it is, that it exists, is basically what you're saying when you believe. Yeah. I know that it exists. I know that there's a possibility of it. I, I, I see record of it and I can connect with it. Even atheists believe in God mm-hmm. because they spend all the time trying to disprove, disprove, his, yep. to disprove his existence, right? So so you can like know Jesus and, and you can be, um, you can be introduced to Jesus, but until you have a real relevant experience with the Holy Spirit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like the Holy Spirit is what reveals. The Holy Spirit came to reveal Jesus. Yeah. So you can you can tell me about Jesus in Sunday school and all of the Bible stories and all of that, but I got to have my own personal experience. And until I'm in a position where I'm vulnerable enough with God to have my own personal experience, I just know of him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I and you grow up and I think and here, I think God doesn't hold you accountable until you have that, that, that experience. That's so true. I think it's like, well, I know you know of me and you were baptized and you do communion. But that's no different than eating dinner at your own parents' table, but not knowing where they come from. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a real thing. And I think that that is okay until you're willing to have that experience and you open yourself to the experience. Yeah. It's the experience with the Holy Spirit that that brings you into the fullness mm. of God and this yeah. thing we call Christianity. Well, I know Nai and I have talked about it on our podcast many times, and we've talked about it with each other, and how a lot of times since we grew up in the church and people like you who, who we grow up in the church, people don't take time to make sure that you actually know the Lord. They make sure that you know of the Lord. You can name every scripture in the Bible. Yeah. You know all the songs. You know all these other things, but they don't make sure many times that you're in tune with the spirit of God and, you know, they're not regularly checking on you to make sure, you know, when's the last time you talked to the Lord? I know I remember uh, I was talking to Darius today and we were talking about uh, you, Mr. Law, and how you told me, and I've been doing a lot here lately about just thanking the Holy Spirit, right? You know, when he reveals something to you, thanking him and speaking to him and ask, what's the reason? Am I supposed to go left? I'm supposed to go right. You know, talking to the Holy Spirit continuously. And I, I know that me coming to college, it really made me being by myself really want to get more in tune with the spirit and God. And so I guess, you know, the question I have for you also is just how did you find your calling? You know what I mean? Like I 
Did you always know you were a preacher or, you know? Man, no. <laughs> no, man. You know, I joked about it. Yeah. Because I was a church boy. I was Pastor Blake. Yeah, you know, I would be up doing a benediction or everybody was like, you're such a good kid. Like, I I mean, I was. I was a good kid. I was afraid of my mama. Yeah. <laughs> so I was a good kid, real talk. But, you know, I want to go back to what you just said. Like, we grew up in church. Mm -hmm. So then how did I know I was called? It is the church's responsibility to help us know of God. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. They can't make us know God. Because yeah. to know God, when you look in the text, you see where it says Abraham knew Sarah. Yeah. Or David knew Bathsheba. Adam knew Eve. Anytime you see K-N-E-W knew in the text, especially in the Hebraic text yeah. of the Old Testament, it's talking about intimacy. Yeah. yeah. But that can only happen. So, so, so I can tell you about God, about God, about God. Mm -hmm. But until you have your intimate moment with Him by yourself, mm -hmm. and here's the beauty of it. Now, here's where the church drops the ball: we don't give you enough information about how to know God. Yeah. How to get to that place of intimacy? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because when you get that, then that's where the Holy Spirit pulls on that information and those personal experiences. And then it, it, it's kind of like, oh, now that I'm going to take what you learned in Sunday school and give you your real life experience, and I'm going to bring these bad boys together. And now that they're together, now we know each other. Mm -hmm. Now we're in covenant relationship, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, so my calling, man, was because I had that intimate moment, bro. Mm -hmm. I was in Columbia, Missouri mm -hmm. uh, at summer school doing research. I was doing research, and oh, my God. I challenge God. Mm. I told God, I said, God, if I'm called, if I'm called to preach your gospel, God, I will take this nap, wake up, it be storming outside, but the sun will be shining. <laughs> oh, so you had a Gideon moment, okay? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, so you wanted them, yeah. okay? Yeah, yeah. bold. I woke, yeah. Up, bold. Yeah. I woke up, and it was storming outside. Mm. I said, all right, God, all right, that's happening. Yeah, yeah, I knew cute. that was gonna happen. Yeah. This time. It's going to be storming in this building. And as I walk to the other side of campus, the sun's going to be shining with no clouds. Happen. Happen. Mm -hmm. I said, all right, God, now I'm going to get back to my room. And if it's really for me, my uncle, I named an uncle I do not talk to on a regular basis. I did not talk to on a regular basis. He go call my room in Missouri. I made the, literally the most impossible thing. I got back to my room. My mama called me and my uncle was on the phone. I said, I cried in my yeah, room. Yeah. I cried. I called my other uncle who's a pastor. And I said, what does this mean? He said, it means you've been called. So do, just do what God say, do it. Just <laughs> yeah. stop tripping. And so, but I had to have that intimate moment. God had to break my pride. Yeah. So how did I know I was called? Because I was I was crying. I mean, I, I challenged <laughs> yeah. him and I cried. Yeah. You know, he yeah. did his thing on me. Kind of like, um, I want to go back to what you were saying earlier about how a lot of times we get tripped up on, and I see this for people that grew up in church, but also new believers that kind of, I'll like I have friends that like they'll start and they just feel this overwhelming sense of like they're behind mm -hmm. and like they'll hang around friends that, um, that have been doing it for a minute and they'll feel behind because they're just like, I don't know if no scriptures are like, I haven't mastered praying every day or having master reading every day and like they just feel this sense of shame what do you like how, how do you respond no to talk. that no real talk 
That's the church's fault. Yeah. We we messed that up because I said it Sunday. We use Christianity as a gavel mm -hmm. instead of as a point of connection. Yeah. Like whenever somebody joined Christ, you think they are at the same place that you are currently in your walk. Right. And that's not that's no, they're not there. It's not realistic. Like yeah. we we totally it just blows my mind, man, how we treat God and Christianity like totally different than we treat everything else. Mm -hmm. We hold it to a totally different standard, right? And some people say, Well, you should. Yeah, but real talk, why is it that a, a child, when a child is born, we're thankful and grateful and we show the child all that attention and we give it milk, we give it food and make sure it knows how to walk and we put it to sleep and we're there when it wakes up and, and we, we give it, we clothe it, we do all these things for babies. But then when you got a baby in Christ, yeah. you should be doing this. Return away from that. Don't do that. Return away from that. Right. Instead of waking up with them, feeding them, yeah. clothing them, walking with them. Being there when they go to see, like, mm -hmm. why do we not yeah. nurture, mm -hmm. you know, those babes in Christ? Mm -hmm. And so, like, if I'm new to this thing, I'm just going to do what I feel like God is calling me to do mm -hmm. and be consistent. No, I ain't finna get it right to every day. Yeah. And I'm going to be okay with that. But I, I'm going to pray. My first prayer as a new, as a new, as a new Christian would be in this day and age. God, send me some people to help nurture mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Send me some friends who can appreciate this process and help me through. Because yeah. I can't do it on my own. That's real. It's all about community. We talk about that all mm -hmm. the time and how, especially when we started college, we kind of just had this low-key mindset where we, in a way, tried to do it by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And just haphazardly, we would keep talking and just like, I just feel really out of touch. And I'm like, I don't yeah. know why, but I can't hear from God or I don't know why. But when I read, it just doesn't, I don't feel anything. But as soon as we started getting plugged in, all of a sudden, like second semester, when we started getting plugged in, we started going to church more often. We started um, encouraging our friends and started doing Bible studies. We all of a sudden just started feeling this. Oh, my gosh. Like, guess what God told me yeah. today? Or, you know, and feeling all these things. And it's really all about community. God moves in community. Yeah. And so I feel like that's the biggest thing is along with not feeling this pressure to get it right the first time and like even though yes you should like strive like but at the same time not feeling this overwhelming pressure that god is just like why haven't you gotten it yet because yeah, if anything yeah. in the same way he's there to nurture you and stand by you and he provides people it's just a matter of you asking and looking for it and so i think another point that i wanted to address also was the fact that there's also this pressure that I'm not in, we kind of create this level of competition in the church. And so, right, <laughs> you should see his disposition. Dude, like, oh yeah, oh, I'm going there. We're so like, we create this level. She in the spirit today. <laughs> and like, we create this level of competition in the church and in the sense we say that pastors are varsity. Choir and staff are JV, and everyone else is just like a supporting right, oh, right, our supporting characters. Mm -hmm. And so, in a way, we feel like we're not doing enough if I'm not preaching, or I'm not doing enough if I'm not on stage holding a mic. And so, I need to be studying my scripture so that I can get to the point of being like Pastor Low. Mm -hmm. And when in reality, like we're called to be in different places. That's why He gave us all different gifts. Like the reason that He gave you a brain that loves science. 
you know, he called you to be a scientist, to be a doctor, to create research that saves someone's life so that you can minister to them. Yeah. You know, those kind of gifts wire you for the calling. So can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> listen, listen. She is in church this evening. <laughs> yes. I'm going there. She I was like, church. oh, we got good company, so we're talking. Let me tell you something. And I talked about this Sunday that um, um, I talked Sunday from Acts chapter 2, 42. Okay. Now, and that's widely considered as the start of the new church, the New Testament church, right? Holy Spirit fell, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, 5, 6. Um, then Peter gets up and preaches a sermon. And after he preaches a sermon, the Bible says that they began. In the um, they continued in the apostle in the apostles' doctrine, right? They stayed in the apostles' teaching. They broke bread together. They fellowshiped. They were part. They sold their possessions so everybody could have some. They were in community. But what we rarely don't pull from that is that they were establishing a new culture, not in competition with the culture they had just come from. Mm-hmm. But as a as a result of the culture from which they just experienced, so their culture cultivated the new church. You know what okay. I'm saying? Yeah. And so if we allow culture to cultivate instead of compete, right? The example that I use was Beyonce. Beyonce has a song out uh, before I let go, right? <laughs> so why, I love Beyonce. Well, watch this. Thank now. you, Lord. Watch Beyonce. Oh, okay. Watch, watch Beyonce. Watch what she did. Watch how she cultivated culture and watch how culture culture cultivated her. She took Frankie Beverly and Mazes, probably the biggest hit of all time, yeah. right? Uh, biggest hit of all time. And then she dropped a bounce beat on top of it, right? But the words didn't change. You made me happen. Same line and everything. Um and then she put her name on it and she put that 1970s song in front of children born after 2000 mm-hmm. who would have never heard it unless she put it out there. Mm-hmm. That's cultivation. She didn't say, I want to compete against Michael Jackson's 1982 Thriller and be the greatest selling album of all time. She took music from them, right? Paid for it legally, children, <laughs> uh, and then allowed it to be a launching pad for her. If we understood that the previous the, the previous culture and the previous generation is our floor, they're our launching pad, then you wouldn't see a need to compete with these various cultures. You would see a need to compete that I know more than you. Mm-hmm. Or I know I want to, I dance better than you. Or I sing better than you. Or I do this better than you. Let me tell you something. It's preachers around this country and around this world right now that may know seven scriptures. Mm. Does that stop them from preaching and pastoring people though? No. no. They submit to the they submit to what God has for them and they allow God. Now you gotta read your word. Now don't right. get me wrong, but they allow God to process them through their problems, through their life, and through through their call. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think we do. We just do the most in church sometimes. Right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we do the most. Like we create ministries so we feel adequate. Yeah, and the truth. And I said this before. I said this before. And I ain't afraid to say it. We use church as a boxing ring instead of as a place where we get love, nourishment, and care. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I'm gonna be 
because I don't have any authority on on my job, I'm gonna come to the church and flex. Mm. So actually, I'm gonna open this up. Actually, I think I don't know if we talked about this before about how um, a pastor actually opened this up. How black people, especially because we weren't <clears throat> we weren't allowed as much kind of like what you're saying, allowed as much power in normal society. Church was the one place where a lot of black people had power in society. And so um, naturally it created this toxic environment where church is more so a political platform to I have power. Right. To create a power to create a power structure when in reality that's not what it was created for. And mm -hmm. so we have our generation where they're waking up and they're just like, this is toxic. And I don't I'm have not to going be to church. Right, mm -hmm. right. And I'm like, I'm not gonna do this, especially if we're in a pandemic and I especially don't have to go, I'm not going. Cause dealing with um Mammy and them, I, I come in in my dress and she's looking at me crazy. Yeah. Or I have piercings and tattoos mm. and I get crazy. Right. Mm -mm. Right. <laughs> right. Or just a whole bunch of pushback that we get that just from this natural toxic environment that was created, we just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean it's I mean and can I ask some yeah, and ahead. so and if you can lead into that direction too, uh, how would you encourage our generation to start going to church again? What would be something, a reason to make them want to come to church yeah. again? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why should they? Yeah. Because it's your platform. Mm -hmm. We don't move without you. You know the average size of church? You know the average church size across the country? 65 to 70 people. Mm -hmm. You know the average age of those churches? 45 and over and over. I was gonna say old <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so, but look at the churches that look at the mega churches. Mm, look at the mega churches. What are they doing? They're doing things that reach people that look like you, who think like you, right? Who are relevant to you, and they have people who look like you in positions making sure that the church is moving. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's 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 no it's no it's no um Coincidence that Stephen Furtick can wear combat boots, ripped jeans, and a and a sweater, yeah, right, and and preach in a pulpit that has that's a blank stage with a pub table, right, and that, and and you look out at his audience and it's eighteen to thirty five, yeah, eighteen to thirty five, married, divorced, single, mm -hmm. with kids, without kids. Like he, we know that in order for us to, here's what we're not willing to sacrifice. We're not willing to sacrifice our platform and our position for reality. Okay. And you gotta be able to give it up. I gotta give up being passive for a little bit and pastor said this and pastor said that. Mm -hmm. To be able to be real and say, as pastor, I struggle with that. Mm -hmm. That's real, yeah. You know, as, as pastor, let me tell you something. I, I I I get heated sometimes about some stuff. As a pastor, you know, y'all as as just simply going working my job, I I want to walk off the job sometimes. I struggle with knowing how to love my wife sometimes. Mm -hmm. I struggle with knowing how to discipline my children sometimes. You know, I got to give up this position of authority. For the reality of life, mm -hmm. life happens, right. and if I don't marry ministry and life, then who am I? That's what Jesus did. 
Because the real thing is, is like that truth is what reaches people. Mm. And that's what turns them over to Jesus and what turns them over to God. Because like if Jesus is perfect and then I look at you and you're perfect, I have nobody to relate to. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, um, yeah, that truth is just what is the marriage point. But there. was Jesus perfect or was he sinless? Because as a perfect man tell his mama, I ain't got time for you. Who is my mother? Who is my father? Yeah. <laughs> that is perfection. Okay. That's sinless. Mm -hmm. Perfection. Perfection is treating everybody equal the same and you loving and you hold people there. Now he ain't do that. Yeah, twelve it's, 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 it's perfection going in and turning tables over. That was violence. So then if you say Jesus was perfect, is violence perfect? Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Jesus was angry. He said, be angry, but sin not. Mm. Jesus was perfect, but Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus was tempted of the devil. In order to be tempted of anything, you got to want to have it. So, yeah. so, so when you go through temptation, here's life. When you go through temptation, Jesus did too. You mean to tell me that when Satan told Jesus, hey, I'm going to give you this world, you just submit to me. You don't think Jesus was like, <laughs> well, hmm, the human side. Okay, yeah. let me see. We don't talk about the pause that was between the question and the answer. Mm. We yeah. think it was, serve me. Nope. It was probably more like, serve me. Oh, God, I need you. Hold on. Let me think about this, God. I need you. Wait, 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 wait one second. Hold on. Wait. Okay. No, I can't do it. Right? But we don't, we don't, we don't put, we don't put that together with Jesus, right? Yeah. Jesus, here's why you should come to church because you got a dude who died for you who was just like you, yeah. and he's the closest connection you have to getting back to a place where you can live free. Yeah, and so to continue to talk about your struggles in Christ, I know you know we've talked about it because it, it's helped me get through mine. But to kind of let them know, what what's some of the struggles you've kind of gone through, Christ, and have you overcome that? How are you a new person in the end? Mm -hmm. It means that, from my interpretation, it says old things are passed away, behold, all things become new. Right? Here, here's the new person. The new person knows that there's a past, but doesn't turn to reflect on the past. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I know I, I smoked back in the day, but I'm not going to spend too much time thinking about it. Okay. Like, I know I was a fornicator and I slept around a little bit, but I'm not going to spend too much time thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to move on from that. You know what I'm saying? I've been forgiven. That's not the lifestyle I want. I was tipping and dipping. I had headaches and I was stressing, trying to make sure this girl didn't see this girl text <laughs> me on the phone and... You know, I mean, whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. right? Making sure I ain't get caught by the laws when I was rolling my dime bag, you know, whatever the case may be. Making sure I was had somebody buy me my E&J and I was drinking in my room. You know, I, I, I had those stresses in life. You know what I'm saying? But I don't want to reflect on that. Mm -hmm. I know it exists, but I don't want to reflect on it. See, the person that, that's, in, that's in Christ and act like they ain't never done nothing, miss me with that. Mm -hmm. Then why did Jesus die? Why did you accept Christ if you ain't never done nothing? And if you're not still thinking about doing it, you don't think, well, I'm going to tell you, as a pastor, 
you have a certain level of authority, you have a certain level of of um, a certain a certain hierarchy, right? In the church, and you sit at the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. You're the under shepherd of the church. Mm-hmm. You don't think you don't have pastors who be like, man, this is the life. People bringing me water, and they sitting <laughs> listening to me. And, and side note, you ever seen that glass of water <laughs> up there? That the preachers be drinking from. Yeah. Don't that glass of water look like the purest form of I mean, water you can ever see? Yeah. Yeah. Don't it look like the purest I get thirsty water? looking at it, right? They <laughs> <laughs> be like, it's oh, all beaded up. Got a little residue yeah. on the side. Yeah, they beat it up. Little bubbles. Little bubbles on the yeah. side. Yeah. Don't they look like some good? Or they be the little, the, the, the purple drink or something. Yeah. Covered up. and be like, what was that? You got Sprite in there. Not Sprite. Okay. You know. Um but as a as a pastor man y'all crazy um but as a pastor you you have you have temptations you have things that you're like your pastor is your calling but person is who you are Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying you're still a human being i still struggle with consistency of reading my scripture i mean you know it's as a bivocational pastor you know, it's plenty of times, man, I want to just go to bed and just be done for the night. And so you don't think I'm sitting there reading my Bible and my eyes getting heavy? Yeah. Or I'd rather watch TV than read? Or when we're fasting, when we're fasting, I'd much rather go to Red Lobster, <laughs> you know, instead of, or, or I come up with an excuse to, to eat some cheese in the middle of the fast. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. pastors, like, we struggle with life. You don't think pastors and their wives argue about stuff? I mean, you don't think my child, you know, challenges me? Then be at home, be like, but Pastor Low, like, hold on, little girl, you don't get to call me that home. Chill out. <laughs> like, so what you, so what you do is what God honors, and that's being transparent and consistent. God, I'm struggling with it. I need help with it. You know how many pastors struggle with pornography, mm. sexual immorality, and impurity. Because sister such and such want you to pray for them and they want you to meet with them or they or, or, or you're not able to get in, in. You're not able to be engaged with your wife as much as you want to because you always at the church. Mm-hmm. So then you think about self. Can, oh, this is real talk. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about talking about like self pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The Bible says Onan went in to sleep with his sister. Uh, and so that, so that the lineage could continue and he spilled his seed on the ground. Mm-hmm. This is in Genesis 23. He yeah. spilled his seed on the ground and what happened? God struck him down yeah. just like that yeah. because you don't waste the seed that God gives you, yeah. right? But because you want to, you know, engage mm-hmm. the leadership. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so so, how do I deal with it, AP? I, I just do the best I can. Yeah. I'm consistent. With my relationship, my conversation, and I look for ways out at all times. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, in the same token, why shouldn't we be complacent in our faith in like our understanding of grace? Because like it's easy to get tripped up in, um, like God understands that I struggle with this, or God understands that this is a temptation for me. So like I'm good, and He gets it, and. So, like, can you talk a little bit about, like, our understanding of grace and, like, that fine line between messing up and God understanding and, and not intentionally, but, like, intentionally 
um, walking into temptation or like not finding the way out so that we can do better. Yeah, I think we I think we um, we misconstrue grace. Grace, grace is God's unmerited favor. Mm-hmm. Means you haven't done anything to receive the favor of God, right? And so, um, but but I don't think I don't think I think we get grace and mercy confused. Okay. Like mercy is when I did wrong and God still covered me. Right. And we des- what we deserve. But we deserve, right. right? But grace is I hadn't done nothing. I'm just I'm just living my life. I'm sitting. I'm I'm doing what I got to do. I'm not necessarily tripping. I'm not sinning. I'm not going out there doing crazy. But this is God um, decreasing the gap between me and my promise or me and my blessing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, 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 I'm working and I'm going to work and I am uh, uh, I'm consistent with being on time. But then I get a promotion that's two two positions ahead of where I am. That's grace. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if I'm showing up late to work, I'm cussing the kids out. I'm not doing what I should do. Um, I'm late on my assignments, so forth and so on. But I still keep my job. That's mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think what we actually are doing is we're taking God's mercy for granted. Mm-hmm. Instead of operating out of God's grace. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Makes a lot of sense. And, and, and the Bible says... Why should you keep on going? The Bible says that Jesus said, I come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Right. Not just not just life on earth, but life eternal. Mm -hmm. If you mean to tell me that you think God has done and given you everything that he wants you to have (laughs) and you 20 years old. I don't know about that. player. I can't get with that. I want everything God has for me. Every, every, everything, everything. <laughs> I want it all. I want the house. I want the car. I got the. I got the wife. I got the kids. Cool, but I want. I don't want money to be a hindrance in my life. Yeah. So God, if it's for me, release it. Mm-hmm. I don't want connections to be a hindrance. If it's for me, God, release it. So uh, I think you got to keep going because there's so much more out there for you. But the problem is we can't imagine ourselves in more mm. because we never had what we we never had what we are because That's we come right. from less than what we are. And we're good to say, God, you bless me. That's why the old mothers could say, even in living in a broke down shack, they can say, well, I'm good where I am because they didn't even expect to make it to where they are. Mm. Yeah. In in that same vicinity. Right. How about being in this generation and being in this society? that accepts everything right that things that are not of the bible how are you able to continue to preach where i mean i know you don't can't care about being canceled quote unquote i'm quotation mark um I know, he actually looked at the phone yeah. y'all, and did the quotation marks being canceled but how how do you manage getting the word of god to people that accept everything whether it's homosexuality whether it's you know, having sex before marriage or whatever the case may be, so on and so on. How are you able to continue to preach to people to get them to do what God wants, but at the same time not judge and not put down and still be loving to those people? So I preach Jesus mm. and Jesus crucified. I don't care about what I'm, I'm not concerned and I really don't care about how you feel about what I preach. I'm going to preach what God tells me to preach. Yeah. And when I preach it, 
I'm not preaching it because I'm, I know what you do because I don't know what you do. Only you know what you do. I'm preaching it because the Holy Spirit led me to it. The Bible says in Hebrews 4 and 12 that the word of God is, um, the word of God is a discerner of the hearts. That's why you can go in church and be like, he must be taught. How did you know? Because yeah. the spirit has already investigated your life where you were deposited into where you're going to be. So, you know, where you can go to from, you can go to from where you are. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, so I got to preach. I got to preach what the spirit gives me to preach. And I got to say what the Holy Spirit gives me to say. Um, and I can't, I'm not concerned. I'm not, a, I can't be a people pleaser. Mm. If I saw Kanye and Kim coming to the church and the Lord tells me to talk about divorce on that Sunday, I can't be like, oh, God, Kanye and Kim in here. I ain't talking about that. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, well, here we go. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and preach Jesus because guess what? Y'all don't have nowhere to put me. Because mm. you may cancel me but you'll never discontinue my message. Amen. You counsel me, but you can't discontinue me. And so then a part two to that. So then once that person, once God convicts them, right? And now they are trying to adjust to that new lifestyle. How, what advice do you give to adjusting to that when you're still might be falling under the trap of the enemy? Say more, say more. Yet, you know, yet you still want the love of God and you want the favor of God, but you know that God can't honor those certain things, right? Yeah. How how do you give them advice on adjusting to those things? You know, what can you give to them to, to tell them, you know, keep pushing through. God still loves you. You know, keep working on that change. How 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 do you how do you give advice to adjust to that? Um I was thinking about this today. Hmm. So I was walking in school. Let me say this. This is just dropped in my spirit that God, the Bible says that Paul said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. So it's a real thing. I want to do good. Paul said in Romans 7, I, when I want to do good, evil is upon me. Mm -hmm. Right. You have to be realistic and know that transformation, because that's what he wants. He wants a transformed heart. Transformation takes time. Mm. It's grueling. It's painful. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't sound good. And it doesn't taste good. Because it's finally you getting a look at the, at the you the way God sees you. Mm -hmm. And because God sees you this way, and you want to please God, then I'm going to, I got to let go of this. I got to let go of that. Oh, but it tastes so good. It feels so good. I like it. And I'm in such of a habit of doing it. You have to understand. This is why having good people around you is important. Mm -hmm. You got to understand that it's such a process. It's such a process that, that you're, you're, you're saying to God, I'm willing to be exposed in this season. And in your exposure, here's what's crazy. In your exposure, you are vulnerable enough to allow God to pull on you, right? Yeah. But you're human enough in your vulnerability to resist. Mm -hmm. 
right? Mm -hmm. And so in your resistance, that's the hard part, right? I want to do better. I don't, I don't want to do this. I want to live right. When you teach, when you teach a dog how to do tricks, the first thing they got to first do is submit to your voice. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing they got to do. And you can't teach a dog how to do tricks until you build a relationship with them to where they submit to your voice. Watch this. They don't submit to your voice until they know you have authority over something that they want. Mm. Yeah. So then God will lock up some blessings in your life until you learn to submit to his voice. So a lot of people are wondering, why don't I have access to this? Why don't I? Have, you see all the time when I was in the world, I had all the money in the world. I had, I had, I had mm -hmm. bands on top of bands. But when I came to God, I lost all my money. Well, that's because you were submitting to that thing into, instead of to the source. Yeah. Okay. And so God said, well, I'm going to lock this up from you until you begin to listen to me. When you listen to me, then we're going to move around and I'll release some stuff step by step for you. Mm -hmm. And so the problem with transformation is that we don't want to submit to the voice. Yeah. You got to be able to submit to the voice of God. Hear God and do what God asks and tells you to do. Yeah, one of the things we talked about in the last season was like, what, like you are what you eat. It's all about where you are. In a, um, at a, my youth pastor used to say all the time, like your association leads to assimilation. Wherever you are, that's who you're going to become. Yeah. No matter how strong you feel like you are, like like you said, the flesh is weak. Yeah. So regardless of how strong you feel in the moment, the more you expose yourself. So like. Um, like for example, um, I was, when I was struggling with my faith in first semester, I was with my friends that were kind of like, eh, about God rather than being fully embedded. And once I connected fully to a church that was passionate about God and growing the relationships and, and pushing that kind of thing, yeah, passionate. right. I became passionate. Whereas like first semester, because of the people I was around, even though I felt like I was quote unquote strong, I was around a lot of people that were kind of like, eh, and I was getting a lot more culture than I should have been with Christ. And so naturally I started to assimilate and I just looked up and I'm like, why do I feel so distant? Mm -hmm. And why do I feel so disconnected? It's about what you're eating. And then it's also a matter of like, um, God can't be mocked when you try to do things apart from him, they, they aren't going to work. And so they may work tempor temporarily, but like at what cost? Um, like when you try to do things away from God, it just—it's not as fruitful as it could be with him. No, that—that's—I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, I—I I don't know if you remember, Mister Low, but oh, sorry, Pastor Low. <laughs> uh, when we were discussing, we were talking again about the Holy Spirit and hearing God's voice, right? And how you know, at a time I was telling you, I—I kind of like what you were saying. I felt distant and I wasn't hearing from God. And I get that question a lot from people who are trying to go to Christ and be made new with Christ, right? I, I can't hear him. How does God sound like? And you said something. I don't know if you remember what you said, but you said God's voice sounds a lot like yours. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the things that you know are right, that is in your conscience, that's God talking to you. And that's God telling you. Can you expand on that? And, you know, that just really touched me when you said that. You got to, like Naya was saying, like you you associate to assimilate, right? Mm -hmm. Know this. God can only pull on what's available. Hmm. That's why 
if you know six scriptures, them six scriptures are going to come up over and over and over and over again. The more you read, the more he has to pull from. Mm -hmm. The more you get to know him, the more he has to pull from. So even in in your walk with him, the he's going to pull from what's inside of you. And what's inside of you is you. It's mm -hmm. all you. The voice you hear the most. Your quote-unquote conscious. Your quote-unquote subconscious. Whatever you want to call it, right? Mm -hmm. It's your voice. Because you say to yourself, you know, Anaya, should I take 20 or should I go down 1382, then hit 20? And then and you rationalize and reason. You do all of these things. You don't realize that you're talking to yourself, right? Yeah. And then when God speaks to you, he's saying, Anaya, now I showed you the direction you should go. And you keep asking me where you should go. Why are you still asking me which direction you should go in? Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you like, oh, I'm tripping. That's my, that's myself. I'm tripping up. Yeah, no, God, that's God. Mm -hmm. Because God can only pull from what's already available. And that, and you are available in that moment. Or from time to time, I hear God through my grandmother. And I can hear God say, P, now you know that's not right. That was one of her favorites when I got in trouble. <laughs> she never say, you wrong. She said, you know, that's not right. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not right. That's what I hear her say. Right? And so... It takes, it's not as difficult as we make it sound because we sensationalize the experience so much. It's real simple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's you. It's you talking to you, hearing you, having a conversation with you about you. <laughs> and yeah. that's really what, when the Holy Spirit speaks. Yeah. Yeah. Understand this, the Holy Spirit never stops talking. Mm -hmm. We just stop listening. Mm. That's, that's real. It made me think of, I was listening to a pastor that was talking about how, so it's kind of like when we go to church, it's kind of how anybody can have access to the NFL playbook. Anybody can read it and anybody can study it. You can go to seminars where they talk about it and all that kind of <coughs> thing. Mm -hmm. But the Holy Spirit is more so the specific playbook for that team. And even on that specific play for that team, those players have wires throughout the game where they can hear specific instructions from, oh, from the coach. Yeah. And so in the same way, like we keep depending on the NFL playbook, the Bible to like, or we like depend on the pastor to coach us through life. When like, yes, they're a God, but God give, gave us an advocate in the Holy Spirit to give us instructions day by day. And so like in the same way, you should be studying, you know, your material. You should like you should be studying because then it's like like you said, he pulls from what's available. Like you have to study. You should be making yourself available to the spirit and connecting to the spirit and tune. Like my mom says, keeping a fine tuned ear to what God has to say, so that in your day to day instructions, like you're able to be connected. Yeah, real talk. I mean, as you as you were talking about that, like I'm I'm picturing what you're saying with the football helmet and the play. I'm like, hey, okay, that. <laughs> That makes a, a lot of sense, um, but I think when we when we just miss God, man, Psalms one and one. Like if you if you really want to know what's happening, go read Psalms one. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, yeah. mm -hmm. or standeth in the way of sinners, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But here is the real. This is the crux of that of that, of that entire first chapter of, of Psalms. But his delight is in the law of the yeah, Lord. Yeah. And in his law does he meditate both day yeah, and night. Yeah. I, I, I have a sermon entitled um, Babyface's Ballad. Mm -hmm. 
Because Babyface got a song that says, I only think of you on two occasions, <laughs> both day and, and night. Huh? Right? And so, if you <laughs> meditate, right, it make you want to sing. <laughs> I only think of you we love, oh, on we two occasions. Yeah, we love, we love. But uh, you think about that, right? But then the Bible says this. He says, the person that meditates on the law or word of God will be like a tree. Planted yeah. by the rivers of water, right? Yeah. Well, what do you? Where does a tree come from? Where does one tree come from? That's a real question. Oh. Hashtag real questions. <laughs> where does a tree come from? A seed. A seed. Okay. Good. Good. Okay. But what have? <laughs> <laughs> okay. One more. Are you, are you smarter than a fifth grader? <laughs> if a tree, if a tree can come from a seed. If everything a tree has and has become is locked up in a seed, mm -hmm. a yeah. small seed, one, yeah. not five, but one. Yeah. What has to happen to that seed? That seed has to be cultivated, has to be loved on, it has to be, it has to be rained on, stomped on, dirt has to be thrown on top of it. But when that seed takes root mm -hmm. and begins to grow up. So my question is, if you really want to know how to, how to be a good Christian, quote unquote, mm -hmm. and live this life and do and take care of your seed. Yeah. yeah. Like stop, stop, yeah. stop going to church on Sunday or getting the word and then going and being a part of the crew that's going, that's going, that's going to um, throw your seed away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But protect your seed, protect what you receive, protect what you hear. When you get it, don't just go and get the word. Don't watch Furtick or don't watch E. Dewey Smith or T.D. Jakes or um, John Gray. Don't just watch those guys and get a sensational feeling for the moment. Write it down. Read it over and over again and protect that seed. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to help you grow. I always yeah. think about, like, the best players. Like, I love basketball, but, like, he intimidates me the way he loves basketball. <laughs> but um, I always think about how... Our favorite players, one of the key things in interviews that you hear is the way that they study the game and the way that they, like, beyond their love for the game, you can tell that they study, like, where they're, who is going to be where and how they're going to move and, like, their finger okay, movements, like, their yeah. eye movements. Like, they study their opponents. They study the game. And in the same way, like, what if the way, like, that's one of my favorite things about Kobe, honestly, was the way you can hear not only the passion in his game, but, like, the way he studied it. Yeah. And so, like, imagine how strong we would be if, like, we took time to study who is God creating, to me, creating me to be and, like, mm -hmm. beyond what I can even think or imagine for myself. Like, God has created so much more for me. So imagine what if we really studied, you know, to be that. So, you know, this happens sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... So you know why we're afraid to study and really get the fullness of God? Because our example of what that fullness looks like turns us off. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because if I got all the word that God had for me, that means I'm going to be like Pastor Wesley. I don't want to be like Pastor Wesley. And we're not confident in who God made us to be to say, I'm going to get the word that I'm going to get and I'm going to be every bit of myself in it. Yeah. That's why I'm cool with preaching with a hood on on Sunday because that's who I am. Mm -hmm. And when I study, the word is going to come out of who I am. Mm -hmm. And I can't be afraid to be me. 
That's why this culture is in this generation is so important because y'all are going to have to be, you guys are going to have the ability to convey the word in a way that nobody else can. You can convey the word with a mohawk. You can convey the word with red and blue hair and, and with uh, um, a lace front that Yaki one beat that you found on the, uh, that you pat my weed, baby. Pat, pat, my. Nah, you can convey the word. Come on, come on. Hashtag Eva. That's it. Everybody, everybody who knows who oh I'm talking about, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I ain't gonna put it out there, but y'all know oh, what I'm talking about. Oh my gosh. Shout out to Eva because she, she hold it down for uh -huh, so long. Uh-huh. That red luscious. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go on. I hope you're talking about her hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this is this is TVN, not BT. Not MTV. BT. Not BT. Uncut. No. <laughs> Friday nights after 12 o'clock. This oh, is TVN. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Oh mm -hmm. my God. Nah, but uh, real, real tall, real yeah. tall. Like you gotta be comfortable conveying the word, like, like the way you are. Like, what's my girl's name? Oh, Samaris. Samaris. Mm -hmm. Her ability to connect to people. Yeah, that's real. Mm -hmm. What if, what if God gave Samaris an apostle's anointing? Hmm. Yeah, and she connects with people from other nations. Hmm. That's real. And other places. And when she connects with them, all they feel is the love of God. Because that's her gift, and that's how God right? hired her. Like, it's, it's so he real. Like, to her. No, really, because, like, I can't do it the way she does. Or, like, no one else, like, that's a gift that God specifically gave mm -hmm. to her. And being a brown-skinned young lady. Right. Natural hair. Yeah. Confident persona. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Bold. Yeah. Bold, right? But then what if we just feel that? And what if we support her in feeling of the word? Mm -hmm. Why are we afraid to say that I see an Austin person who is a church boy? Mm -hmm. But we need that church boy on a political platform to be able to speak to church and state. Mm -hmm. yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, if you, yeah. why, 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 why is it so hard for us to believe that Anaya can go to DeSoto and save the entire community? With her creative abilities, with her ability not just to communicate, but to provide creative content because she sees it a different way. Is God not speaking through that? Yes, God is yeah. speaking through that. Right. God doesn't have a box. We do. That's right. Say that again. We come to God with a box and say, hey, this is what I want it to look like. Keep it in here. I don't want to go outside because this is what I've seen. I've seen the three-piece suit. I've seen the Stacey Adams shoes. I've seen the long dresses and the kitten heels. I bind the spirit of kitten heels Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. I bind the spirit uh -oh. Uh -oh. of white stockings uh -oh. in the name of Jesus. White, white. I bind the spirit of hats too big to where people can't see around you okay. in the name of Jesus. Take them hats off and let these children speak. <laughs> But no, nah, like real talk, yeah. we're, we're afraid. The Steve Harvey. We don't stay. Lord, the 15 button zoo <laughs> suit. Hello. That yellow, yellow ain't never look good as no. no suit. No. Never. Red either. So stop. <laughs> so, so, what if, what if you, you listening to this right now, what if you fully invested in God the way he's invested in you? Mm -hmm. 
and you begin to study his word, hear his word, believe his word, and allow him to, 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 to speak his word through you to those who you encounter. Mm -hmm. The way that you speak, whether it's through art, whether it's through music, whether it's, through, whether it's oratorically, uh, uh, however it may come across, whether it's through a hug, mm. what would happen? Uh, thank you for listening to us. Um, subscribe so that you can get the notifications. Pastor Lowe's going to give us a song that we're going to throw at the end of this episode so that you can add it to your playlist. Just once again, thank you for listening. Please add us on Instagram <laughs> at our Beef Real page at underscore B4 dot real. Okay, we're going to put that in the information box. So make sure you get all the updates and everything. So thank you. Share with your friends, your family and everything. So bye. Bye.